Hey, Jesse Paul Smith here, My Creative District Podcast. And in this episode, I get to talk with my uh, good friend Levi Walker about everything about photography for performers. We get into talking about the importance of confidence in a shoot, how to actually bring that confidence out, and how if you don't get whole as a human being first, nothing else matters. Let's get right to it. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Well, welcome to the episode, Levi. Super excited to have you here, brother. Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here too. Yeah, Brad. And you know, it it's we we bumped uh, into each other on the infamous app that's got everybody talking right now, Clubhouse. Which literally uh, we, they're talking like that's yeah. the cool thing about about Clubhouse is it's it's so cool how we can this it's a different way of communicating than we're really used to. Like we're used to either like lives and videos or comments on a live video, and I mean it's really a cool app, isn't it? It it really is. I, I mean, I've I've been connecting with uh, a lot of amazing people, and we were in a, a room and uh, you know talking in the dance world, and you started talking about your your photography business and how many people uh, you know that I know in the dance world that you have you know you've worked with, and then taking a look at your Instagram and. I, I was very impressed. I was like, this guy gets it when it comes to visuals and understanding what, how to make somebody stand out and, and look good. And then starting to hear about all the people that you work with, you know, and, and no Shane Sparks, you know, Brian Friedman, uh, Teresa Espinosa. I'm like, Marty Cadelka. I was like, those are, those were my people back in, in the day when I was dancing. So, but I want to, I want to kind of take back and, and do some context here was like photography something that you always wanted to do or was that something you kind of fell into you know later on well I will tell you this um I had no idea I was a photographer um I was living in Malibu I had left the business um I've just gotten a little disillusioned by it I think everybody goes through phases and um I had no idea what to do. I got laid off from a job and I was kind of just crying every day and just asking God to just show me like, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. And um, I woke up at 4.11 in the morning, which is the moment I was born. And I shot out of bed and I yelled, I can shoot headshots, but I'd never owned a camera. Oh, wow. And um, I just was like, what? What? And like, any, any of my close friends that know me, like they know, like I always come out with these, oh my God, I'm going to do this. And they're like, really? And then I do it. And it's like just the weird Levi method of life. And um, so, yeah, and literally like I went to, it was, I just think of it as a miracle. I'm going to tell this story real quick, but like I went to a camera store and I walked in and there was a guy trading in a camera and I looked at him and, and he was the guy behind the counter said, I'll give you three fifty for it. And I said, what if I give you four fifty for it? And the guy was like, deal. And I said, 
The catch is I don't have the money, but I'm going to have it in 24 hours. But I didn't know where the money was going to come from. And then Keely um, Kakimode, who at the time was Keely Armistead. No, she was married then. Keely Kakimode um, from Beat Freaks and all this kind of stuff. She calls me up like an hour after leaving that place and said, hey, um, my, we, my husband and I were just like thinking about you and we have some money that we need to give away. And so we're going to, we need to give you $450, which was like exactly what I needed to buy that camera. And so I knew in that moment that I was supposed to shoot headshots. I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know it was going to turn into what it turned into in a 50, 15 year career, but holy cow, like, uh, like that's and to me, that's the amazing thing about faith. And that's why I kind of build my whole business around the core concept of faith. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get this camera, right? 450, you get this camera, never have taken headshots, but you're like, Hey, I'm going to take headshots. And, and I, you know, I think that there is this, um, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of a, a growing gripe that I've heard from, you know, photographers that that's like, well, anybody with a DSLR is a photographer, but you know, you obviously had to start somewhere. So, I mean, you get the camera, where did you start? Um, I started by calling up and picking up the phone and calling my friends. And it just so happened that I was in the dance world. I'd been working with the Groovaloos at the time. And, um, and so I started picking up the phone and calling just a ton of people that I knew and I didn't even realize, I mean, I knew like, oh, my friends were on tour with Britney Spears and they're in town. So let me just call them. Or this person, you know, just got off tour with Justin Timberlake. She's in town. Let me call her. And I just started building a book. And in that, and then I called a friend of mine, uh, David Muller, who's my, one of my favorite headshot for, who is my favorite headshot photographer. And he taught me how to work with natural light um, and how to work with indirect natural light. And he taught me how to set up things. And I would, fo you know, follow him on his shoots. And my other friend, Zachary Levi, who now has like blown up and he's like Shazam and like all this stuff. He um, was like, yeah, just come shoot at my house. You can use my garage. And so like David and I both were just using his garage to photograph our clients. And, you know, you take a lot of really crappy pictures and you make a lot of crappy mistakes. But I think if you um, stick at it, then you know you develop you develop your skills and your talent which is the same thing as a dancer and you know over the years uh, i just you know developed certain systems and 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 how to speak to people how to talk to my clients how to get what i need out of them and that's kind of but it all was born from that moment that summer that moment in time in 2006 so this year is my 15th year shooting so i'm curious uh what you know you get this big moment, right? This, I'll get you 450 bucks out of nowhere. $450 comes to you. Um, so people might take a look and say, oh, well, then I bet you it was just smooth sailing after that. You have this big epiphany moment. So obviously you were meant to do this, but you know, uh, you probably didn't have a ton of struggle along the way. Tell us about like the moment where you're sitting here going, sure, I might've gotten $450 for this camera, but I completely made the wrong choice. Um, I actually, you know, what's funny is I actually never thought that. I, I knew that I had to make it happen, 
I knew when I started taking pictures and going, oh, wow. Because see, when I lived, I lived in New York before I moved to LA. I was there for five years. And I worked, and part of that time I was performing, did a lot of shows. And part of that time I was working as the front office boy for um, a, national, a company that produced national tours. And the, all of the performers, and I had so many performer friends back in the day, back when we had like analog cameras, people would get contact sheets for their headshots. And literally they would come to my office in Manhattan and I would look through and pick their headshots and go, that's the one. And then they would get that printed and they would use it and they would book a Broadway show. Like they would start booking gigs, they would work. And, um, and so I knew I had a knack for it. And I, for some reason I loved doing it. I love taking my headshots and, um, and I mean, I, take, I love taking, like being in my own headshots and doing those photo shoots. So I just wanted to like, I, I just knew when it came out of nowhere that that's what I had to do. And again, like going back to that faith thing, that's actually what faith looks like is just saying, nope, I'm going to do this. And, um, and it really, you know, I knew I needed to figure it out. So I knew that I wanted to be a resident building manager. So, cause I knew I would not have to pay rent. Right. So I could live in there, take care of a building and not have to pay rent. I sent out like 50 resumes and started calling and ended up with one interview, one. And I sat in a Starbucks with this dude and um, and I just looked at him at some point in the interview and just said, here's the deal. This is the job I'm going to get. I want this. I will work very hard and I will make sure that I learn everything that I need to know and I will take care of your building, period, the end. I want this job. And he was like, okay, cool. And so all of a sudden I had a free apartment. Right. So, you know, and like, and, and so you just start kind of clicking, making the pieces click and figure out how to make those things happen. So, so that kind of is how, um, that, that's kind of why I just never said this is the wrong choice. I, I never really second guessed that, that choice really. I mean, you're talking about being resourceful because I, that, that's a smart move I, to, to think of, okay, I know what I need to do, but there's going to be places, uh, you know, there's going to be things that I need to put in place to give me the ability to do that. Um, so like, how did you, how did you figure out that that was like something that you were going to do? Was it just another idea that came to you or did you ask people like, what are some ideas that I can, I can make this thing work? Like, how did you come about coming up with that as a solution? You mean doing the apartment managing? Um, I don't re- honestly, I don't remember that. I just remember that season. I just was like, I'm going to shoot headshots and I'm going to go be an apartment manager. Like, I kind of think a lot of that stuff gets inspired by our being open to listening to the universe, talk, telling us what to do and guiding us in a good direction. And I think that that takes practice and, it, and it's a muscle inside of us that has to be strengthened in order to be able to have really like reckless faith Um and because that's a lot of people look at my life and go, oh, my God, you're just so reckless. And I'm like, absolutely. That's really genuinely what makes me. You know, I remember living in New York and I, all my friends had come back from a European tour of Hair, the musical, and they were just talking about Europe. And I was like, I want to go to Europe. There was an ad for a show in Germany for the musical Grease. And I walked up and there were like 300 guys lined up down the block to audition. And I cut in front of every single one of them, signed my name and looked at them all and said, go home. I'm getting this job. And I turned and walked in the door and I booked the job. Two people got hired. And I did that. I did that show for two years. That's just kind of how I've always kind of lived, and it frightens the people around me. 
<laughs> well, I could, I could definitely understand that. So what do you think that, I mean, cause that's just really confident, right? Being confident in being confident in what you want to do and, you know, your ability, maybe not your ability to be the best, but your ability to get it done um, and to put in the work. What, what do you think uh, that you, what do you think you grab a hold of to get that confidence? Honestly, if I'm going to be honest, it's just, I've just kind of always been that way. You know, like I, it really, truly, like I was 13 years old and this girl at church was like, I recognized her from a TV show and she was like, I'm here shooting a movie. And I said, I want to come to see you shoot. And so like, I was here, I was like 13 years old on the set of a movie and I walked right up to the director and just said, hi, I want to be in this movie. How do I do this? My name is Levi. I'm going to be an actor, right? 13 years old. So I, you know, it's just, I just, it's just, part, that really is just part of my personality and not everybody has that and not everybody understands how to do that. And and please understand that like, just because I had this gumption and this crazy attitude of like, we're going to just do it. Right. And just try something. Um, because I have that, it doesn't mean that I'm better than someone or I'm going to be more successful at someone. It just means that that's my tactic of being there. Someone else might, might approach something from a totally different perspective. They might say, I'm going to go to photography school and I'm going to learn about a camera and I'm going to pay, you know, money to go learn. Right. And then they become an amazing photographer. Everybody's path is just so different. This is just how I was built personally. So, you know, I know that being in the photography business and especially specializing in performers, like that's what you do. You, you, you specialize in photographing performers. Confidence is really something that confidence is something that you is seen on a photo, right? Like you, so you have to, I'm sure that you constantly are pulling confidence out of your clients because not everybody knows how to portray that. So maybe somebody doesn't have the gumption to walk up and say, this is my job. Y'all can go home. But there is these, there is an ability to develop confidence that might not be there. And so as you're working with your clients, how do you help your clients get that confidence? So it's displayed, you know, in their photos. So it's interesting that you asked this question because I just had a three hour meeting yesterday about um, writing, working with someone who develops um, speaking platforms for for people, and she approached me about telling my story, and uh, and 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 talking about this this exact same thing. And I think that um, what I found is that there's a real battle um, in people's minds about self esteem that largely is attributed to social media, and then has a lot to do with the stories in our head about what we believe about ourselves. So when a client comes in, I mean, even the other day, I had a client come in the door and the first words out of her mouth were, um, I have hated every single photo I've ever taken. I'm not pretty. Just get me a good picture, please. Just one. And people walk in my door with all sorts of different levels of insecurity. And I've learned over the years after shooting thousands of people, how to kind of navigate like what level of where what their level is of insecurity. Recently I had someone who was so insecure and she wanted to do a, you know, a, a shoot 
And I knew that it was going to be really tough because I knew this person and I knew how insecure this person was. And, um, and we did the shoot. She, they had, she had good pictures. And then she even texted me back and said, I look awful. I'm not using any of these pictures. Your work is amazing. Right. So like everybody has this, like these like different levels of, of insecurities that we deal with. I have my own, you have yours. And my job is to kind of find those, but developing, uh, I developed a system that basically I, I kind of guarantee that someone's going to get a great headshot in the first 10 pictures. If they use my system, if they do it the right way. And um, it, it's essentially understanding that energy, let's just talk about photos right now. Um, Energy is invisible. It's making my computer run. It's making my this microphone work. It's making my heartbeat. Um, and the energy and the vibe between us in this conversation is there. Energy is all around us, right? So in a photograph, when I go through and look at a photograph, uh, a shoot, I, the first and only thing that I look at are the eyes. If the eyes are not connected to the camera, the photo is not usable, right? It's not usable at all. And you have to have the right kind of connection to tell the right kind of story. And that's where like different wardrobe looks come in and like how we kind of portray ourselves in the, it, during a photo shoot in these different looks, blah, blah, blah. Now, that energy is something that we actually expel out of our body hundreds of times a day. Every time, like you're doing it right now, looking at me, you're connected. Um, I'm connected with you. We are talking and you can see intent behind our eyes, right? And that energy is the energy that we're looking for. Every time you laugh, that's the kind of energy that you want in a photo shoot. You want it to be genuine. You want a connection. So I found that it's kind of like a, navigating your energy in a photo shoot is kind of like riding a, driving a new rental car where you got to figure out the brakes and the gas and like, and how to slow and how quickly it's going to slow down or stop and all that kind of stuff. And it's understanding that like, we have this feeling and this emotion and that, Oh my God, I can do it for you right now on camera, but like the people at home can't see it, but it kind of, I tell my people, um, I tell each of my clients to, you know, close your eyes, take a deep breath. And on the count of three, we're going to throw our energy to the camera. And this is what it looks like. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Right? And so I can like do this, like and people at home couldn't tell, but I was smizing like a little bitch. And um, I'm like pretty fiercely as well, by the way. I've become really good at it because I teach it so much. And, um, and so what I teach people is that we're going to throw our energy to the camera and we're going to let it build using laughter and um, and using laughter and just taking those emotions and really just connecting with the camera, finding our body positioning, stick, stick right where we are. And then when we kind of like don't move the rest of our body, you know, a lot of times we laugh and like our shoulders hunch and all that kind of stuff. And we shake our shoulders and, and, um, and then, uh, but when we, when that energy is being expelled, if we can contain all the movement in our body, then that energy then comes out of our face. So if I'm sitting here looking at you and I just kind of give a little bit of a giggle, <laughs> my energy just kind of pops up, you know, it just, you just kind of see it arch up. Right. So I can talk to you with like no energy in my eyes at all. Within the second that my energy changes, you can tell. 
And actually having to wear masks in photo shoots is really good because people can only see my mask. I only see my eyes and over my mask. So above my mask. So, so that's kind of how I teach people. Like technically it is just um, technique that we're learning of how to work with the camera. Then we kind of, you know, move that over into body movement, angles, all of that kind of stuff. Once we kind of like put all of that together, um, then I kind of allow them to bring themselves to the shoot and say, okay, what are, you know, and I, I, they don't even know that I'm doing it, but I'm like, okay, it's your turn. You move, show me what you got, do what you do. And, um, and I find them uh, just all of a sudden breaking through. And the catch, the real interesting catch is I use the commercial look when I'm doing a general three look headshot session for performers. Um, I, find that the commercial look because it's it needs to be it must be very plain and just a photograph of this is what i look like but we need that connection so i use that to teach that connection and the second they walk away from that first look and they go get their makeup done or they change clothes or whatever when they come back for the second look all of a sudden breakthrough has happened osmosis has happened it's like entered their body with osmosis and they're like figuring it out and all of a sudden the i pull up the camera and they're just boom they just nail it that's been really my overwhelmingly like response overwhelming response to in that i've noticed in every photo shoot that i've done now the cool thing with that is that you know if they're having a if they're having trouble in front of a camera so like what you're talking about with with uh you know like that client that said listen i don't like any of my photos just give me the best one possible right if that's what they think about in one section of, you know, just getting a camera shot, what are they look, what are they feeling and what are they displaying when they go and try to get a gig? Or even if they're displaying something on, yeah, if they're trying to display something on social media, that is a mindset thing. It is not just a behavior thing. And so it's kind of like what Tony Robbins teaches in the whole triad. Like you're teaching people to change their physiology so that they can feel a different way. Um, and, and that's really, really affecting them, not just in that photo shoot, but then when they go and get their next job or they go to the next audition or they go to, you know, they even shoot something on their own social media page. It's got to really affect them, not just in that minute, but going forward. Absolutely. And you know what? I hope, you know, that people are, that are listening to this aren't going, oh, well, they're not giving me like answers on how to like make my career happen. They're not giving me these practical things like, so I'm not going to listen to this anymore. But the, this is actually, I found after being in the business, like in actual show business for 30 plus years, is that the toughest mission that we have as, as entertainers and performers, because that's really at the base of who I am, and is understanding and finding our whole self and making that the foundation for how we approach life because as performers we love what we do so much i love singing um i love shooting i love dancing and 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 i miss being on stage that's changing this year though so when we find when we make our focus our whole you know being a whole person it becomes a much more easier road to navigate because we love what we do so much that we put our everything into it. Our full-time job is in the studio. Our full-time job is on stage acting like other people. And we have these amazing people in our lives, us performers, 
We are a special, special breed of humans. We get to live a life that no one else on this planet gets to live. We get to travel the world doing what we love. And that is the coolest thing in the world. And people actually idolize us because we get to do that. And it's very easy to get distracted and to make that our focus and make that our priority. But what I've learned is we really, going back to that that whole self, when we fill our lives with making ourselves a whole complete person and finding grace for ourselves, then we in, in turn find grace for other people. We build better relationships and those relationships lead to work. So I say, instead of making your whole focus your career, because especially right now, we have to hustle and work really hard. Um, I say, let's make our first priority on being a whole person. Let's let's find out where our spirituality lies. Let's find out where our faith lies. Let's build a solid foundation for our house. And even if you're 20 something and you're like, oh my God, I just want to party with Janet Jackson, like in France, like, like, that's cool. Go do that. But don't make that your priority. Go make finding yourself the priority first. I see too many people get lost. Too many people have gotten lost and disappeared. I left New York with my tail between my legs. It was a blizzard. It was sleeting sideways. I had to go to my friend's house to borrow $2.85 to take a bus home to Jersey. And I just screamed, F you, New York! And like this bum was like, shut up! And he like threw a bottle and I ducked and it hit the side of the Worldwide Plaza. And like, it's such a New York story. But like, I literally went home and just said, oh, I need sunshine i need i can't handle this weather i'd spent two a year and a half in germany at that point i was like i need to get out of here and i saw a parliament cigarette ad and it had this beautiful bay and a mountainside with like this white beautiful like fountain and a balcony and this beautiful man and woman smoking parliament cigarettes and i stuck that on my fridge and i said god if you're real that's what i want right there i need that more than anything and um six weeks later i found myself standing on that 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 actual balcony that was in that photograph in santorini greece i had booked a ship contract i got five offers and i chose one and um that one took me to that place and i had no idea that that's where it was so let's find our whole selves and and allow like faith to be a part of our journey I mean, that's, that, that's the big, a big thing. And, and what you're talking about there is, you know, you said that, well, if, if performers are listening right now, they're like, I want the tactics. Um, this is kind of one of those, you know, depending on what version of the karate kid that you know of the one with Mr. Miyagi or the one with Jackie Chan, uh, you know, this is kind of like, I want to learn martial arts. So, you know, Mr. Miyagi hands Danny LaRusso a bucket of water and some wax and tells him to go wash the car, wax the car. Right. And he's like, what does this have to do with, with, you know, martial arts? And it's, it's what you're talking about is that it's like people want the, how do I blow up on Instagram? How do I blow up on TikTok? How do I get the, you know, casting director to see me and to book me for my job? Um, here's the thing is that they are looking for something unique. They're looking for something that is not seen yet or something that they haven't seen 50 times already. And the key to that is you doing what you're talking about, really diving into your whole self, understanding who you are as a person first and a performer second because you're a human that performs. And I think that is so important for people to 
really, you know, grab a hold of. I know I struggled with that being out in LA. You know, I was constantly trying to look or feel or be or dance like someone else because that person got the job. So that must be what that casting director is looking for. And uh, so I would go and try to mimic that person. And in the process, I really lost myself. Uh, And that really can take a toll on you because you could even get the job, but then because you've lost yourself, you're miserable in the process. So you're not going to come across as somebody that people are going to want to work with continuously because you're, you're, you're so lost. You don't know what direction you're going. I mean, yes, absolutely. I would not use a karate kid reference because I wasn't a karate kid kid. I would probably <laughs> allude to like Luke Skywalker and Yoda and there you go. <laughs> understanding the force. But a lot of that is like that. And, you know, sometimes like people think that this is a step-by-step journey. I'm going to go, I'm going to do one, then two is going to happen, then three is going to happen, then four is going to happen, then everything's going to be easy. And I will be honest with you, that is just not the case. I can go down a list of, I can drop names right now of people in the business. And if they're listening to this, they will literally know, go, oh my God, Levi's about to talk about me. Um, <laughs> but I have sat in my house just crying or celebrities, I'm not kidding, you know, an A-list celebrity that I had to pick up at a party and carry him to his hotel room because he was too drunk to talk. And he just, that was the way he always was. And like, or agents that just are struggling and don't know how to make ends meet, but we idolize them, right? Or we're like, oh my God, I've got to get, they, they're, they're my key, they're my key. They're not your key, they're a tool, right? Your career is your career. You have to make your life. You have to make your career. Every person that, um, that every person that you see in this business that every, any dancer would idolize or look up to the reason that they you are like that with them is because they appear successful. But the reality is, is that longevity is what creates the success. There are people that are big in the dance world right now that I knew 5, 10, 15 years ago, and I'm literally like, they will go nowhere. And I was completely wrong. You know, photographing people going, yeah, they're going to be gone in a year. And now they're just like blowing up, right? To, to people that you think are just so successful and you idolize and they can't get a job and they're struggling more. And I said this in, I think it was actually in that clubhouse. I said this cause Twitch was in there. I just said, you know, people think that you arrive and everything gets easier and it actually doesn't, it actually gets more. I said, Twitch, you, you can confirm this, right? But it actually gets more difficult. There's more work that has to be done. There's more people that have to get paid. There's more expenses. And, you know, a friend of mine who was on a several major TV shows for many, many seasons, like she was like, let me explain how my salary breaks down. And she started out with like what she made per episode. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe you made that much per episode. But then she has to pay her agent, her attorney, her manager, her PR, all percentages. Well, not the PR off percentage, but like um, most of them are percentages off of the gross, not the, off the off the gross, not the net. 
then your tax bracket is so big, you're taking out 50% anyway. And so you end up with barely, you know, 25%, 30% of your actual paycheck. And you think, and, and people don't understand like that. And all of those things are necessary when you're running in bigger circles, when you're running in Hollywood circles, everything is manufactured that we know and we see. Every single bit of it is manufactured. And I know because I manufactured a lot of it. And a lot of it. And you're, you know, with celebrities, everything. And and this idea that we have that it's going to be easier is just a false narrative. And so that's why I'm saying like, Keep your head low. Do the work. Be consistent. Don't stop. Find your whole self and allow the universe to bring to you what it is that you need. Your ideal clients. Because essentially, like I, I started working in the business world and started learning from all these outside business people that are not in our world. And they were always talking about who's your ideal client. And so I started kind of toying around with that idea. Who is my ideal client? And I came up with what my ideal client is, and it's someone who loves my work, is passionate about whatever it is that they're doing, and they're excited to be in the studio working with me. My ideal client was not a dancer who has X amount of dollars, who has this much experience or has no experience. It wasn't any of that. It was just, I want people, I want to attract the clients that really desire to work with me. So it's the same thing can be said for a dancer, because your clients are choreographers and directors and producers and production companies. Those are your clients. And you want to attract the right clients to you, right? You might say, oh my God, I want to work with Rihanna, but Rihanna, she's kind of a bitch. Like, do you really? Like, that's just my experience with her. Like, I can't stand her, but, um, and I don't care if I say that, but <laughs> seriously. Um, but, you know, it's like, I don't, I like if Rihanna called me and said, I want to work with you, Levi. I would literally just be like, no, darling, no. I don't care if you're Rihanna because I want to attract the clients that I want. So as a performer, you want to work with the companies that you want to work for because you want to build long-term relationships because everybody knows you get with the right choreographer, they're going to use you on stuff for years. Not because they don't care about other people, but because you're going to show up with a smile on your face and you're going to do your damn job and you're going to pick up choreography quickly. You're not going to cause drama on set. You're going to know your marks. You're going to be able to like be full out 24-7 when they need you to be because they're relying their their head is they're being overlooked by the director and a producer, you know? So like being being a reliable performer is really like the technical like you've learned the technique right keep going to class cool learn the technique of of being a great person to work with yeah i think what you're i think what you're also talking about is you know this whole this whole illusion of when i get the right job i'll make the right money and then i'll be i'll have made it i'll be happy that'll be my my earmark of success and what you're talking about too is that you know you might get to the your understanding of success and look down and say, holy crap, this is not what I wanted at all. And, you know, it's important for you to first understand who you are so that you're talking about ideal clients. You're talking about people you want to work with. You're talking about longevity. All of that is embodied in understanding who you are. So that way you continue to allow yourself to be a hundred percent you because that's really, in order for you to have longevity, you have to be healthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And if you're not allowed to be yourself, 
you're going to suffer in one of those areas. And uh, it won't, it won't matter what money you're making. It won't matter who you're working with. If you're not able to be yourself and you're not, and you haven't done the work, the hard work that nobody wants to do, which is really get familiar with yourself and get healthy yourself. Um, you're going to really suffer. No 20 year old is mentally healthy. If you're moving to Vegas or to LA or Vegas or New York or wherever you're going to move to, and you're like, I'm going to rule the school, like go for it, but focus on your health, get in church, like go to church, like read some self-help books, become a shaman, like whatever you need to do, like meditate, levitate, whatever it is, become the best person that you need to become. Yeah, absolutely. Cause otherwise you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, on one side of your definition of success, you might have all the jobs, but be emotionally empty, spiritually empty. And, and, uh, eventually that's a house of cards. that's going to come, come crashing down. So it's very true. And in the longer you be in this, you're in this business, you watch it happen. Like I see, I see people that I've shot who had these big stars in their eyes and now they're home doing another job or being a parent. And all of those things are super noble, but and but you mentioned something earlier about like getting in getting into a situation and going you know what i really don't like this like i moved to la to be a writer a sitcom writer specifically and i moved to la and literally like got an agent within 2 months and then they introduced me to a manager and those two guys were literally shopping me around to all the major sitcoms and they're like this guy's going to be the funniest gay writing voice in america and that's how they were pitching me because it was like you, these gay shows were just kind of coming out. Will and Grace had just started coming out. Queer as Folk was out. And um, and I got really close to, to getting a job as like a junior writer or a, a writer's assistant on a, on, a, on, on, the, on a big show. And my agent said, my, my, one of my clients is on this show. That's how we're getting you in the door. I want you to go spend a day with him. And so I went and sat in the writer's room all day and hung out with them. And um, at the end of the day, my agent picked me up and he was like, how was it? And I said, well, they just sat there and were just thoroughly exhausted. It was their 18th week of 70 hour work weeks. They drank more coffee than they did water. And they were like just miserable and missed their kids and their families and were going through divorces. And I was like, I don't want this world. And I had moved to LA to do that. And so we have to... And again, that's reckless Levi. What are you going to do? I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to write sitcoms, right? Like, right? We got to be able to walk through that storm and go, yeah, that isn't for me. And that's okay. That is okay. If the dance world is not for you, if being a choreographer is not for you, if being an agent is not for you, don't do it. Yeah. And I think there's, to your point, like there's, again, there's more than one way to do it. So if doing the LA commercial route isn't for you. That doesn't mean that your passion for performing is, is out the window, right? Like you can, there's so many different ways that you can go about it. There's so many different places to perform. Like at this point, after not performing on stage for many years, not many, but several years, like I'm happy to just jump on a tiny stage and sing something. Right. And it kind of taught me like, Hey Levi, you don't need to be in a big show in order to be fulfilled. Yeah. And that's, that's really the, the people are looking for success when fulfillment is what they really want. Thank um, you. And you that's, uh, this? <laughs> that's in like Galapagos stations, like 1714 in the Bible. Galapagos. That's my new favorite Bible, uh, Bible, uh, book right now. Galapagos. <laughs> 
Uh, well, listen, Levi, this conversation has been awesome. Um, I know that this is definitely going to do a lot of good for, for those that are listening right now. But, you know, for those of people that want to connect with you further, want to learn more about your work uh, in the photography business and, and everything else that you're working on, where can they connect with you? Well, actually, so um, my Instagram is really the best way to connect with me. It's where I put my most recent work. Um, I will just kind of fill you guys in. Like I do live, live stuff from my story that I are behind the scenes stuff on my story. Um, I post pictures just from directly after shoots. I post my favorite shots in my feed. All my clients tag me. So check out my clients' choices from their photo shoots. My highlights are on Instagram are just so much. There's so much content in there from being in the studio. You really get a chance to know a little bit about me and who I am and how I tick. And there's a link in my bio that just kind of takes you to where I'm going. Um, in Vegas, I've been doing pay what you can shoots for performers because let's face it, every single one of them is out of work. And I'm going to be taking that to LA uh, in February sometime. So if you are really interested in, you know, doing a pay what you can shoot, I've got a really cool studio. I rent downtown. We're going to stack a bunch of people in in a day and um, you can hop on that train. Um, just send me a DM. Actually more than, more than that, fill out the form like on my, um, on my website, which you can click the link in bio for. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, Levi, today has been absolutely a blast. Uh, I appreciate you jumping on the, uh, on the episode with me and I know it's going to add a lot of value to a lot of people. So thank you. You're very welcome. Today's a, a very special day. It's the first day my hair has been long enough to do a man bun and I did it just for you. You're the first person to see the man bun. So I appreciate it. I'm rocking it. I'm rocking it. I want to say one last thing to your listeners real quick. Imagery creates an illusion. And, and it tells a story and that, and everything that we'd seen in Hollywood, everything within the business that we see, it's all manufactured for us to believe or feel a certain way about the people that we are. And when we idolize those people, we lose sight of what's really happening. And we lose sight of the fact that we can actually learn about how they're using their imagery, whether it's video or still to create their story and to create the illusion of who they are as their profession in their profession. So um, just kind of uh, my, some of my biggest advice is like, learn how to shoot well, learn how to model, learn how to work with the camera, shoot, shoot, shoot. This world is filled with content right now. It's overwhelming with content and it's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger it's really it's really time for you guys to really shoot and create content love it love it well thank you again levi it's been a lot of fun absolutely thank you for listening to another episode of the my creative district podcast with your host jesse paul smith here we turn your passion into profit follow us on facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the my creative district podcast